is back, baby. I'm Andy McNamara, TSN 4 Down, Season 3, Episode 1. Yes, and what a big show we got for you. Man, the regular season, right around the corner. NFL preseason, Week 3, the dress rehearsal, the big games as far as starters playing into the second half. Injuries, starter battles, all coming through this weekend. And then, hey couple weeks away and the games will count the march to the super bowl will continue what a show i got for you today folks it's going to be a fun season we're going to be giving away some domino's pizza today i'll tell you how to do that right now so after the show airs i'll be putting on twitter i'll be posting at andy mc 81 on twitter and when i post and pin the link to today's show for tsn four downs you're going to want to retweet it you're going to want to follow at TSN4Downs, at TSN, the number four downs, and me, at AndyMC81. You do that, so you follow TSN4Downs, follow at AndyMC81, and retweet my pin tweet. Going to be entered to win some Domino's pizza. How about that to kick off the year? Win some Domino's free pizza. Later on in the show, I'll tell you about our customized Four Downs DraftKings contest coming at you. So that's going to be lots of fun. But hey, you know what? There is so much to get to. Let's get to our Three Downs news and notes. First down time. First down. Will the Eagles or the Patriots get back to the Super Bowl this season? Both have looked meh. In the preseason games, we know that for teams like that, that doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot, right? doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot. But can either get back. It's tough to do. On ESPN's Get Up show with Mike Greenberg, he gives his take if either of these clubs will get back to the big dance. Two things almost never happen. Super Bowl rematches almost never happen. And teams that lose the Super Bowl almost never get back. So I don't think either the Eagles or the Patriots will wind up in the Super Bowl I'm this a, year. I'm going to go with you because you, you're smart. So the NFC obviously is loaded, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a million teams in the NFC. But in the AFC, everyone will talk about New England. And look, their division is, is com- comparatively yeah. terrible. So they feel like a favorite. Who's the biggest threat? Pittsburgh. Everyone jumps to Pittsburgh. I got two teams. I don't know that either one of them is a particular surprise, but I think the Chargers are actually very good. I know everyone will talk about their lack of a home field advantage. It's the running joke. But they're very good. If they don't get off to their traditional 0-4 start, they could be very dangerous this year. And you put it up in in your list. If Deshaun Watson stays healthy, what is to keep Houston with that nasty defense no with doubt. Clowney and Wattback and Merciless and all those guys? And then you got you can run the ball with Miller, you can throw with the Hopkins, the quarterback is dynamic. The Texans, I think, are a sneaky, interesting pick. If all of their defensive guys are healthy and play the entire season, I definitely agree with you. Because we see in pro football and like in college, when you get the playoff time, right, it's about opportunistic plays. Just like we saw Philly make against New England. It took opportunistic plays. It's not just beating a team up and down the field. And, and the reason they pay these guys so much money is because during that time is when your superstars have to answer the bell. There you go. So it, we know how tough it is, but the Patriots are the anomaly, right? They're the team that you can throw common sense out the window. Should they probably not get back with an almost 42-year-old quarterback? No. Will they? Yeah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. But... They're right in that Pittsburgh, I think, is the biggest obvious threat. But that team, it is teetering on their window closing. Like, just uh, Ben Roethlisberger whines all the time. Le'Veon Bell holding out. How, Antonio Brown's great. He's, he's going to be there. 
but they just seem to be on the tip. And the Patriots are their kryptonite. They cannot get past New England. The Texans, and we're going to get to it in our Twitter poll in a little bit, they're a sneaky one if everybody can stay healthy, but that is a big F. Okay, let's get to the second. Second down. Sam Darnold looked good in the Jets' Week 3 preseason loss to the Giants. But is it good enough to win the starting job against a pretty full quarterback room? Organically, he wins the job and let him play the game. <laughs> they feel as though on the inside, look, I, you know, I think, Coach, I heard you talking about this earlier, I, I believe. It was maybe early this morning. It, during practice, these guys are being subject to harsher conditions than they are during games in terms of the types of defensive looks they're going to see. So they have more intel there at the Jets than we do watching preseason games where game plans are watered down and there's no game plan. So if they feel as though he has been passing those tests, along with the fact that a lot of the performances he's put on tape already in the games have been pretty darn good, then why wouldn't you start him? It's, you know, I know people say, well, it's only preseason. Well, that's not the only time he's playing. He's actually playing in practice also, and you think the coaches aren't trying to test him to find out? So if they're satisfied with it, I'm satisfied with it. So let him start if he's, if he's earned it. So not an overreaction. Oh, uh, yeah, not yeah. an overreaction. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, so what? A- and, <laughs> and? I said that at the beginning. No, I don't Overreaction when you've got Teddy Bridgewater and Josh McCown, two capable veterans on the staff. Again, we go back to when all these teams drafted all these quarterbacks. Everyone wanted to rest their guys, take their time, give them time to learn the game, improve, grow on the bench. And then as soon as we see these guys in training camp and the media discussion ramps up, everybody moves up the timeline. The timeline gets accelerated. Now everybody wants Sam Darnold to start. So, no. Again, I think they'd be better <laughs> off behind a team with a shaky offensive line right now, letting the rookie grow while they get the offensive line better. Get some things straightened out. Lose looking at me funny. That's yeah. okay. No, That's no, cool. no, no. I'm saying, so are, you, are you saying that the teams are listening to us? <laughs> no. No. No way would suggest No way. That. I can tell no. you they're not listening to us. That was the ESPN panel with Lewis Riddick, John Fox, and Adam Schefter. And that's the big question with rookie quarterbacks, right? In this class, this is the deepest quarterback class. Some say 2012. I would argue the potential there is probably going all the way back to the 80s with that big uh, Jim Kelly, John Elway, uh, Dan Marino, all that that era draft. Because you got a bunch of guys. Everyone, Each one of them has their, their little quirks, their little flaws. And Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Josh Rosen, and Josh Allen. But for Sam Darnold, I am still of the mindset that if you have a Josh McCowan healthy, which you do, this guy, he has the coach's mentality. He's fine being a mentor. Start Josh McCown. Because he will get injured. He will. There's no doubt. He is injured just about every part of his body. And he will get hurt. Sam Darnold can have his time. What you want to try to not overestimate in preseason. And it's, listen, I'm, I'm seeing Baker Mayfield play and I'm gushing. So I, I have to keep that in mind too. But when you watch Sam Darnold or any rookie, the defenses aren't throwing exotic packages and looks. Defensive coordinators love. They love rookie quarterbacks. And Sam Darnold, he's elusive. He's not fast in the sense that he's going to tuck the ball necessarily and run, which he can do. But he's elusive. And just like Baker looks to move the pocket but has a bigger body, I would like for him start on the bench with Josh McCowan. And if he doesn't get hurt after a few weeks, let him see the in-game speed of playing the ones. Playing when the games count. Have him take a look. doesn't have to be a half season. doesn't have to be a whole season. And Sam Darnold looked, looked okay. He led two touchdown drives yesterday. Uh, the accuracy was a little bit of an issue, but overall I'm not concerned with that. The big wild card is Teddy Bridgewater. Like, I think the Jets are just waiting for, that, for somebody to get injured, a quarterback, and then try to do a 
Sam Bradford situation from the Eagles to the Vikings and get a high pick back. Teddy Bridgewater's look good, but he's a big question mark with that knee blown up. Two years removed. Great for him to come back, but he's still a big unknown. All right, let's move on. Third down. Nick Foles looked terrible in their 5 nothing loss. What a score. 5-0 loss to the Browns in the preseason Week 3 opener on Thursday. So when will Carson Wentz be back for the defending champion Eagles? Phillies head coach Doug Peterson spoke about it on ESPN. Wentz is doing extremely well in his rehab, number one. And and we, we just put him back into 11-on-11 drills this past week. And, and uh, he, he's, he's extremely strong in his lower body, his upper body. He's look, he looks good. I mean, you know, for you would think that there was not, a, not an injury. Yeah. Um, but this decision is, is above me. This decision is a medical uh, issue. This decision, you know, is, is going to be with our doctors and, and team trainer and, and, and Howie Rosen, myself, even dialogue with Carson Wentz. And, and uh, whenever he is cleared, he's cleared. And there you go, Doug Peterson, head coach of your defending Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles. And this is a case where, hey, Nick Foles coming back from that strange shoulder, remember, to play in that game. And he was without Alshon Jeffrey. He was without his weapons on offense. But the offensive line, and Jason Peters wasn't in at left tackle, but the offensive line was the Super Bowl offensive line. And the Browns just dissected them. Two sacks by Miles Garrett, a safety, multiple interceptions. Like, it kind of brought me back to, and again, we use the preseason, whatever, maybe they're working on some different things. You, you can't take it too, too seriously. But it brought me back to remembering, oh, Right, that's why Nick Foles is not a starter anymore in the NFL. Because he can also not be very good. He had lightning in a bottle. Last season, going into the playoffs, look great. You have to have, between him and Nate Sudfeld, who got also wrecked up by the Browns, D, good enough to not push Carson Wentz back. Because remember, that division, that NFC East, that's going to be tough. That's going to be a tough grind. That whole NFC is going to be a grind. And you're coming off... Of the Super Bowl hangover. We heard earlier, it is tough to get back. See, when Carson Wentz comes back, they have the luxury to have him in. Not when he's 90%, not when he's 95%, 100%. That's when you want to get Carson Wentz back in the lineup. Some other notable notes from around the National Football League. Josh Gordon, another step closer to returning to action. The Browns officially activated the former Pro Bowl wide receiver Saturday morning. Planned for him to be involved in the walkthroughs until further notice. And... This season opener is two weeks away, right? So it remains unclear still. Will he be back for week one? Will he play it all in the preseason finale against Detroit? But he's one step closer. One other interesting note, NFL tight end Julius Thomas, he's retiring at 30 years old to go for a doctorate degree. Yeah, Julius Thomas, Super Bowl champ with the Broncos. He's quitting football to pursue a Ph.D. in psychology. He announced it on the Players' Tribune Friday, and he said he's going to focus his doctorate on investigating the effects of contact sports on brain trauma and neurobehavioral performance, easy for me to say, and participate in research to identify warning signs of brain disease. So he was released by the Dolphins back in March. Two unproductive seasons. He was on the downside anyway, but it's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. He's going to be uh, going to try to go get his doctorate. And we'll Hit the Twitter poll here, and we'll touch on it in the uh, in the last segment. But you can vote at TSN Four Downs, TSN and the number Four Downs at Andy MC eighty one. Betting lines are out in Vegas, right? Regular season is close. So, which of these Las Vegas long shots has the best odds to win their respective NFL season scenario? So, out of these scenarios listed, which of these Las Vegas long shots has the best 
odds to do it. Is it the Giants to win the NFC Championship? 20 to 1 odds. Browns to win the AFC North? 8 to 1 odds. Texans to win the Super Bowl? 20 to 1. Or Broncos win that wide open AFC West? 11 to 2 odds. Giants win the NFC. Browns win the AFC North. Texans win the Super Bowl and the whole damn thing. Broncos win the AFC West. Which long shot do you think is the most likely to happen in the NFL this season? We'll touch on that a little bit later in the show, but you can vote at TSN 4 Downs, TSN the number 4 Downs, and at AndyMC81. But up next, we go to Yahoo Sports NFL analyst Therese Paler. Talk about all the news and notes, including the effect that the new helmet rule in the NFL will have on bad franchises and suffering fan bases. That and much more coming up. TSN 4 Downs. Hungry? Domino's has you covered. Grab any medium feast pizza for only $10.99 or dive into our delivery and carryout specials at dominoes.ca. Domino's is more than just pizza. Try our delicious side dishes like pasta and chicken wings and don't forget our irresistible marbled cookie brownie for dessert. Perfect food for the big game if you're in a hurry or just because. Check out all the great deals at dominoes.ca. That's dominoes.ca. Monday up. Back to TSN 4 Downs on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. I'm Andy McNamara. Get us on Twitter at AndyMC81. The show at TSN and the number 4 Downs. Still to come, we'll talk some fantasy football with Adam Rank from the NFL Network. Get you ready for your fantasy football draft. Some betting odds, some notes. Says uh, There are a lot of injuries. We'll get to the injuries later on. And you can still vote. On our Twitter poll, at TSN and the number four downs, which of these Las Vegas long shots has the best odds to win their respective NFL season scenario? Giants win the NFC title at 20 to 1. Browns win AFC North at 8 to 1. Texas win, win the Super Bowl at 20 to 1. Broncos win the AFC West at 11 to 2. You guys can always tweet the show as well. Got from Alex on Twitter. He's a big Bucks fan. Wants some Bucks talk. He says, Andy, you gotta at least mention the 109 yard TD at the end of half by Adam Humphreys at AWIII75 and absolutely the Bucks dropping 33 to 30 to the Lions in the dress rehearsal games. But Adam Humphreys returned a missed field goal for 109 yards for a touchdown. And they led at 20 to 6 and then let it slip away. But it's preseason working on stuff. Who cares? But that was an amazing feat. Adam Humphreys, man. You know what? You look for, for guys. We talk about fantasy and, and guys who you might want to keep an eye on. Adam Humphreys at wide receiver. Well, he's a smaller guy, 5'11", 195, but that's a guy who for Fitzpatrick and then eventually Jameis Winston when he comes back could be a little bit of a dark horse you might want to give a follow to on the waiver wire. Let's get to some of the uh, full NFL offseason storylines. My guy from Yahoo Sports NFL, Therese Paler. Therese, I want to start with your article. It's pinned on Twitter, at Therese Paler. And boy, can I relate to this. It has attention... Chiefs, Bills, Lions, Falcons, Vikings, and Browns fans. The new helmet rule is going to be bad, and you already know the NFL's most tortured franchises are going to get screwed somehow. You write the column on it. <laughs> Therese, you're a Lions fan. I'm a Browns fan. We're 0-16 brothers, man. I know. I know. Like, I feel like I know you already, I know. man. It's the, like, people out there just don't fully understand how bad it is being like a fan of one of these like teams that have never won a Super Bowl and like have just gut punched their fans over. Like my father 
just has is done with them, you know. <laughs> and his father is. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's, uh, it's it's bad, man. It it's is. Hurt oh, it, it is. It is tough. But we'll you know we'll bond together. Now take me through. <laughs> t- take me through this. Uh, now the the helmet rule. It just seems. Uh, Therese, that this is lining up to just be a cluster on leading with the helmet, what's a penalty, what's not. How how do you think this is going to screw over the, the poor, suffering fan bases? Here's why. Because it's a, it's a subjective mm-hmm. call. It's an undeniably subject, subjective call, right? That means that this is something that be called, could be called on literally any play because every one of these guys wears a helmet. And when you're moving forward, <laughs> specifically, specifically running, you tend to lead with your helmet. So why do I think that's going to screw over towards your franchise as well? The Browns just went 0-16. Mm-hmm. The Lions have been 0-16. You guys have the drive. You guys have, you know, all kinds of moments like yeah. that. Well, the Lions have had their share of her- horrific moments. For instance, the Calvin Johnson no-catch. We ended oh. up losing that game in the, the first game of the season. My point is, teams like the Lions, teams like the Browns, always seem to get screwed over somehow by rules that – or situations that are disadvantageous to them. So, you know, Lord knows lines have had enough bad luck with referees. You know, these bad breaks tend to go against our franchise. And I think when you give referees a tool like this, they're not going to do it on purpose. But you just got to get ready to just expect the gut punch because it's coming to us oh, this season. You're so right. It just happens, right? It just, like the Patriots don't suffer this. No, no. no, no. <sighs> they, they benefit. The tuck yes. Rule. You know, they, oh, they benefit from it. <laughs> Man. It's tough. It's a reality, though. Let's, uh, let's stick with your lines for a minute here in the NFC North. And, of course, the landscape has shifted since last season. Aaron Rodgers coming back. And, boy, he looks good. He's chirping at his wide receivers. you got Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. Bears have a new head coach. And Mitch Trubisky another year along. And you have Matt Stafford, year 10. I like yeah. this Lions team here. Where do you see them fitting in in the NFC North. Yeah, so I'm getting ready for another gut punch here. <laughs> I actually like this team. Yeah, I like this team. I went up to Allen Park this year. I looked at them. Like I like the office. I think the office is going to score a lot of points. I think this. T- I think this helmet rule is going to make playing defense almost impossible. Mm. And the Lions have a quarterback that can make like literally any throw, and they got a great receiving core too, with an emphasis on running the football. So I think the offense is going to be really, really good. I don't think the defense is going to be that great. But Patricia's a pretty smart guy. They, they should be able to do enough against um, average to below average teams to have a winning season. I actually expect them to win, have a winning season, maybe even win 10 games. The problem is, of course, Lions luck. I think the Vikings might go to the Super Bowl, and the Packers have Aaron Rodgers. You know, this is a really, really tough division, and I think those two teams are going to go to the playoffs. You know, asking the NFC North to produce three playoff teams is really, really tough. So I think they're going to have a really good season, but I think they're going to end up falling short of the playoffs just because of the division they're in. 
Well, and Therese, you look at the running game for the Lions and being a complete offense, something they haven't had in a long time, almost similar to the Giants in past years where you have a strong quarterback but very one-dimensional offense. Now you got LeGarrette Blunt, who we know can be a goal line pounded in, Amir Abdullah's flashed a little bit. But the guy I'm most excited about is rookie Carrion Johnson. And yeah. this guy, he's he's got some spunk to him, man. I, I liked him coming yeah, out of Auburn. Guy. What do you think having a guy like that, along with the complementary pieces in that backfield does to the Lions offense. The Lions have four pretty good running backs. Yeah. Right? Theo Riddick is a nice third down back. Blunt short yardage hammer. Johnson's a slasher, right? He runs with courage inside. He can run gap concepts, zone concepts with vision, power, and toughness with quickness. He's elusive. Like this guy's a good running back. And then you got Amir Abdullah who's a pretty good scat back when healthy. Mm-hmm. I think Abdullah's pretty talented. Like Abdullah's not gonna be a lion. In 2019. No. But wherever he goes, he might end up being a good player. I really like him coming out of the draft, and I thought that, wow, this guy really makes people miss. You know, so my point is, they got four really good linemen, and I, I like the selection of Ragnow, Frank Ragnow. They started him out of left guard. Um, Graham Glasgow's hurt, but, you know, I, I think Ragnow, with his, with his versatility in the run game, again, here's a guy who can run gap concepts or man concepts equally well. You, know, you add that to Taylor Decker, now the Lions have. Two guys that can do that. That helps their run game versatility. I don't think the right side of the line is going to be that great at power blocking, but they can zone block some stuff. And I think, like, if you give them another year and give Bob Quinn another year to add reinforcements to the offensive line, you know, I think the Lions will actually be able to have, like, a strong running game. I think we'll just start seeing flickers of it now. Um, the, the point is, like, I think if you've got all that, especially with the passing game they have in place, these guys are going to see light boxes all season. In conversation with Therese Paler of Yahoo Sports on Twitter, at Therese Paler. Therese, you used to cover the Kansas City Chiefs and that AFC West. Boy, this is, it seems like a pick em because with the Chiefs, you had Alex Smith. And boy, he, he had a great season last year, but they, Andy Reid and company decided, okay, he's not the guy who can take us to the next level. You draft Pat Mahomes, sits for the year, plays in one game at the end of the season. Now he's in, but we don't really know what to expect out of him coming in for a team that is expected to contend for the division title. Yeah, that's right. We don't know, but what we do know is that it's going to be a fun ride. Yeah, okay. he's got a big arm. This guy is something. Like this guy is something with his arm strength, special, ability to deliver from different platforms. Like you're talking about a guy that, you know, if he, if he pulls up, this is somebody fans will come pay, pay money to come see just because he plays with such gusto. Um, I think it's going to be fun to watch him play. The Chiefs fans will be very forgiving of whatever interceptions he has, he has just because they're not used to having a homegrown quarterback with this kind of feeling, this kind of potential. Now, all I know. But it's going to be a fun ride watching this guy develop as a quarterback. Many people around the league think he's going to be. Yeah, for for Mahomes, and it depends how quick does he pick up on the learning curve because you have the L.A. Chargers, who are always, always are going to be yep. in contention with Phil Rivers. Oakland Raiders, mm-hmm. real wild card. Derek Carr's in there, John Gruden back, Khalil Mack's yep. not, not talking to anybody. And then the Denver Broncos. You're bringing Case Keenum off of his epic season with Minnesota. Like, you could see, it wouldn't really be a surprise for any of these teams to win the division, would it? No, not really. I mean, you can even make a case for the Broncos, like you said. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm personally not going to go there. I think, no, me neither. I think I think Denver's finished. <laughs> you know, I don't think <laughs> I don't think Case Keenum's going to be the answer. Um, you know, I think that 
you know, they had their run. I think it's going to be a little bit of time for them to get back to it. But you can make a case for the Raiders. Like, John Gruden is a good coach. And I would not be surprised if they won nine games, maybe even ten if they get lucky. Um, you know, but yeah, my pick is my pick to win the division is the Chargers. Uh, their edge rush is the best in the division. That tends to win um, in this division. Um, and Anthony Lee's a good coach. I hear really good things about him. And Philip Rivers is a good quarterback too. They just have a lot of talent. I think they're trending up at the right time with the Chiefs breaking in a new starter at quarterback. Yeah, and when you have Rivers and for the Chargers, they have to know like that window, it, it it's closing real quick. Like this could it could mm-hmm. be closed after this year, right? Like yep. so they got if they're gonna go for it and they have built that as you said, you got Joey Bosa on the edge, right? Like they have built a nice group there, and depending how yeah. Gruden takes up, like that's one of the more fascinating divisions in football. I think the AFC West, as is the AFC South. Talk about unpredictable. Uh, no. Right? No. The AFC South is great. One thing I had about the Chargers real quick, though, the defense looks really fast. I think yeah. Chris Bradley's going to have a great unit. Like, turn on that Chargers-Cardinals game. Those guys are flying to the ball, man. Like, they're going to be good on defense. That's why I think they won the division. Yeah, no doubt. The AFC South is crazy, you know? Like, Jaguars win it, but what happens if Andrew Luck plays 16 games, mm-hmm. right? And I think the Texans are going to win double-digit games. I think they're going to have a great season. So I think they're going to make the playoffs. It's a very, very good division. Um, and even the Titans. Like, the Titans made the playoffs last year. They made the divisional round. So, you know, I, I think that one's going to be super competitive and fun to watch and keep an eye on. Well, it all depends on health, right? Deshaun Watson coming back from the ACL. He's looked good in camp. If he stays healthy, can J.J. Watt finally stay healthy? If you have those two guys right on yep. both sides of the ball, that's right. You're you're right, Therese. They could be something real special. And then when you look at the Titans, you think, all right, well, let's see who they've they've added or who who could step up. You have Corey Davis in year two, who who flashed last year, and he has the size to be an elite guy. The running back situation. You added Deion Lewis and a Derrick Henry together, and you see Marcus Mariota continue to develop. So that could be a bit of a maybe not the most flashy of of picks, but that could be a team that could either contend for the division or at least contend for a wild card spot. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I, I think that I think that division is going to be a complete cluster. Um, you know, I, I think it's going. I think they're going to beat each other up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 I'll go with Jacksonville in, ten, in Houston to win double digit games and feel pretty good about that. With these other teams being competitive. But maybe finish in around 500 or a little worse. Right. Yeah, those two divisions are going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Therese, now tell me about your Yahoo NFL podcast with Charles Robinson. Where can people find it and get it? And you can get that on uh, Apple Podcast or Stitcher. Um, we're trying to do something different with the NFL podcast game. Charles and I are pretty plugged into the league. We're also friends, so we have a pretty good rollicking conversation, and we're pretty honest about what we're hearing across the league. So if you want to be entertained, if you want to hear what we what we hear, because we pass along the information we hear from league guys, you know, check it out. The Yahoo NFL podcast um, is deep dive analytical football talk, is interesting interviews. Like uh, the first week, Charles scored an interview with Dallas Cowboys receiver Cole Beasley, who has a rap career. Right, huh. um, which is unusual. Right, it's a really good interview. And this past week, I interviewed Warren Sharp, 
who I think has the best football preview magazine um, for the 2018 season, hands down, uh, about betting odds uh, and fantasy football tips and offensive players that we think could, uh, in offenses in general, that we think could see a step take a step up this year, take a step forward this year. So, you know, I think I think fans will like it, and um, I encourage you to give us a try. Absolutely. Therese, thank you so much for the time. Let's do it again soon. Yeah, anytime, man. Take care. There he is, Therese Paler from Yahoo Sports. Does a great job covering the NFL. Going to get to some fantasy football talk next, folks, okay? Your tips, if you've done your draft, got some sleepers for you. If you haven't done your draft, got some draft tips for you. Adam Rank from the NFL Network joins me next here on TSN 4 Down. Welcome back. TSN 4 Downs on TSN 1050 Toronto. TSN 1150 Hamilton. I'm Andy McNamara. Get us on Twitter at AndyMC81. The show at TSN and the number four downs. Don't forget to win Domino's Pizza when I pin the show tweet at AndyMC81 with the link. You just follow at TSN 4 downs, follow at AndyMC81 and retweet it. Get a chance to win some Domino's Pizza anywhere across Canada. NFL fantasy football time, folks. Okay, it's coming. We know. If you haven't had your draft, I always recommend have your draft after the third preseason games because a ton of injuries happen. If you did already, no problem. If you haven't, got you covered. In any case, one of the best fantasy minds in the world, Adam Rank from the NFL Network, joined me. So, Adam, I want to get to uh, a couple Twitter questions here, and we'll, then we'll work into some fantasy draft strategy. So first one coming from at JCB6. Say, can you ask Adam where he thinks Julian Edelman should be drafted, suspended for the first four games? Not sure if he's worth it with all the time that he's missing. Yeah, it's a tough uh, situation when you yeah. have guys on suspension because a couple of years ago, Le'Veon Bell was suspended for a couple of games. A lot of people passed him, uh, and it ended up costing them because he was so good down the end of the season. But I wouldn't put Julian Edelman in that category. Like, he's good. He's, he's great in PPR leagues, and he's consistent and everything like that. And we're, we're seeing his, peep, his uh, average draft position right now going right around the sixth round, which for me – it's still a little too rich for my blood. Some of the players who will be grouped in there with him are Marvin Jones, who's pretty consistent with the Lions. But one guy I absolutely love this year is Michael Crabtree. Uh, he's got a new team with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens lost 25 red zone targets with Ben Watson and Mike Wallace leaving the team. Uh, and so there's a big void there to be filled by Crabtree, who had 14 red zone targets last year, 10 inside the 10-yard line, which was top five in the NFL last year. So as Joe Flacco is on his rebound tour, uh, his redemption back to elite status uh, with Lamar Miller behind him there, I think it's going to be a good year for Flacco. I think it's going to end up being a great year for Crabtree. So in that spot where we're seeing Edelman go off the board, I would take a look at somebody like that and uh, play it a little bit safer, look for him or a guy like Emmanuel Sanders instead. And Adam, when we're talking about the Ravens, something that would help Flacco's comeback would be a solid running game, something they have not had in a while. Alex Collins seems primed, and he's kind of falls in, I guess, that maybe Tier 3 running back group. What should we expect out of Alex Collins for the Ravens? Yeah, he's been one of my favorite guys uh, when doing my mocks right now. Uh, Like you said, he came on kind of out of nowhere. People kind of dismissed him when he went to Baltimore because it didn't work out well for him in Seattle. But I think we can point to the offensive line being the main culprit. So he goes to to Baltimore and gets an opportunity to play. 
uh, to get the bulk of the carries, and he performed pretty well. And I think people are still in that mode where they're kind of not sure what to make of him. I do see that his ADP is kind of starting to crawl up. Uh, I mean, a couple, like, Four weeks ago, uh, you would have probably been able to get him in the fifth round. Now he's starting to, to creep into the third round. Uh, right there at the end, he's going around the guys like uh, Royce Freeman, Derek Henry. Mm-hmm. I would definitely take. I would take Collins over them. I actually would like Derek. Or I, I would like Alex Collins more than Lashawn McCoy uh, this year. Even though McCoy's got some legal troubles, and there's going to be some shake out of that possibly in the future. I just. Older running backs like that, I, I tend to pass on. But if you're going to go wide receiver, wide receiver uh, with your first two picks, Alex Collins isn't a bad spot to start when you start looking at the running back position. And Adam, when we if we jump back to the missing time conversation with Julian Edelman and going with running backs here, Mark Ingram, part of that two-headed monster out of New Orleans. And here's the guy really coming on strong in the later portion of his career at 28 years old. But he's going to miss some time. Alvin Kamara's there. Not that you'd ever want Ingram as your RB1, but is there a chance you could get some value, pick him up and kind of uh, stash him away for a little while? Hundred percent, because he was so effective last year with Alvin Kamara in there, yeah. stealing or siphoning some of the work. But that's always what Sean Payton has done. He's never really had that one bell cow running back that you can count on each and every year. And the, and the joke with Mark Ingram for so long was the on pace, like he was on pace for a thousand yards. It seemed like he was going to be. He's like one of those movie stars who you think is going to be like, oh, he's a great co-star. Eventually, we'll give him his own movie, and it'll, you know, he'll, it'll be a box office draw. It doesn't work out, and that's kind of what Mark Ingram was. And I think again, like he's not going to be drafted very high in your league. I know when you do, when you look at like industry mocks, and you look at the ADP now, it's, it's a lot of sharp. I, I don't want to say sharp people, but it's like the hardcores, like the mm. the dudes who watch, you know, Ring of Honor. Like those hardcores <laughs> are always going to be a little bit different. Like you talk about me, I'll talk Young Bucks. and hangman page till the cows come home. But I think for most people who enjoy fantasy football, I I think they look at any player who's going to be suspended, put up the, the, put up the X automatically don't want to draft them. So if you're sitting there in the sixth, seventh, eighth round and Mark Ingram's still available, realize that while he will not work out for you in that first month, he's somebody who could possibly finish strong. And I think he's going to be one of those guys that at the end of the year, when you look at Ross like, Oh, how are you able to win your league? You're like, well, I, I snagged Mark Ingram when nobody else was mm-hmm. going after him, and I think he's going to be valuable. In conversation with Adam Rank, NFL Network fantasy analyst, I must follow on Twitter, at Adam Rank, including, including this beauty from the other day that you tweeted out. Adrian Peterson, who just signed with Washington. Adrian Peterson is like one of those bands that was awesome in the 90s, but is now playing Fairgrounds, the opening of grocery stores. But you say you're in. Uh, with, with Washington, really, with Darius Geis going down, so disappointing. I had high expectations for him. You have Chris Thompson kind of as the third down back. Any idea what to expect out of AP? I don't know. I'm still I'm still drawn to the big name. You know, know, I'm walking know. down Fremont Street in Las Vegas and I see Smash Mouth playing a free show. You know, I'm gonna go check it out. I really Why not? I'm gonna go yeah. check it out. It's free. We're gonna probably play the song from Shaq and Walking on the Sun and all the hits. Like they still play the hits. Like right. they're a little bit different. They're not quite what you remembered from, you know, ten, fifteen years ago, but still kind of effective. Um I, I think that there could be some value just based on the volume. Now, of course, we're sitting here you know, heading into the third week of the preseason, and Adrian Peterson looks like the incumbent, and you hope that he can go out there given the opportunity to give you a little bit of life. Um, we still got to see the way things shake out. Um, there could be some, you know, somebody could swing a trade. I know uh, my friend Mark Sessler 
wrote a great piece on NFL.com today about some trades that could happen, like Amir Abdullah could be somebody who's on the move. I've watched the Vikings play this year, uh, and I've been really impressed. Obviously, Dalvin Cook's going to be the starter, but mm-hmm. Mike Boone and Rock Thomas have looked really good to where you, you see Latavius Murray, who had two fumbles against the Jags. One of them they lost, but one they recovered, but he still fumbled the ball twice. You look at Latavius Murray, like, how is that guy not on the move? How is Washington not setting their sights on them? So until we see... Until we see who is on the depth chart for the Redskins when the season starts, I for right now, like, it's fun. It's a fun nostalgia thing. Uh, your producer and I were talking before I came on. Like, Peterson did have that nice game for the Cardinals last year. So, it's like, ah, it's kind of fun. I, I enjoy now the, the, the specter of picking up Adrian Peterson in the 13th round, whereas, you know, <laughs> Five years ago, he was the consensus number one guy. Exactly. Get the cheap pop coming out, right, for the old timers. I like it. It is the nostalgia one. You're like, oh, here come the Dudley boys. Congrats. You're like, did I really care about the Dudley boys that much when they were stars? Like, yeah, maybe. But, you know, but now it's like, oh, my God, like the legend of them has grown by leaps and bounds. Exactly. Uh, Let's get to another Twitter question here, Adam, from at Joey M. Wilson. He says, 12-team, 2QB, PPR League, Gurley is going to go first overall. Who do I take at number two overall? I really like David Johnson Hmm. rebounding this year. I like Alvin Kamara uh, as well. But I think David Johnson, given the opportunity in Arizona, I know a lot of people are concerned. Uh, He's coming off of an injury, which, again, people just – you got to look at the context. He's coming off a wrist injury. He's not coming off a knee or lower leg injury or anything that you really need to be concerned about. He could have played last year. I I think that if the the Cardinals had been in the playoff hunt, he would have played a lot more at the end of the season. They would have found a way to get him out on the field. Uh, But he's not – none of that's happening. He's their number one running back without dispute. He's their number two guy in terms of targets. And if the Birds struggle a little bit this year – uh, they're going to be throwing the rock a lot more, which is actually better for him. I'd rather have David Johnson catching the ball out of the backfield than running in between the tackles, even though he's good at both. And you look at the quarterback situation, I really like it. I mean, Sam Bradford, he's got that injury history, and people like to make their jokes. But he's an effective quarterback. Over qu- Quarterbacks over the last two years with at least 15 starts, nobody has a higher completion percentage than Sam Bradford. And if something goes wrong... Uh, as long as they don't go to Mike Glennon and instead oh. go to Josh Rosen. Yeah, but the Mike Glennon thing, like, stop it. Like, I know. I understand you need somebody there, but let's just stop it. I think Josh <laughs> Rosen can come in and do very well for the Cardinals. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Mike Glennon, goodbye. <laughs> and, and you know what, uh, Adam, you can go with any of those two scenarios because if Rosen gets in, what's a young quarterback's best friend? Check down to the running back, Sam Bradford. High completion <laughs> throws, right? So David Johnson in 2016 had 120 targets plus rush for over 1,200 yards. So I'm with you. It's not a knee. It's a wrist. And yeah, that, that team, I think, or David Johnson specifically, could be primed for a huge breakout. And hey, if, if you can get him uh, second overall, or, or even if he drops a little bit, he still looks like a value at four overall. No, 100%. Yeah, I... I'm hoping that a lot of people get scared off mm-hmm. and, and don't want to deal with that. Uh, and you see, you know, because crazy things always happen in the draft. Like, it's so uncontrollable because somebody will be like, ah, I'm taking Saquon at two. And you're like, okay, well, that just changes everything. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we see that a lot, especially when we have our friends who might not keep up to date with as much as we do. Mm. Uh, and also uh, to, that, to that tweeter's question, I know he said it was a two-quarterback league. 
I will advise, I'm sure he's done it before, or he or she has done it before, um, make sure you grab a quarterback with your second or third pick because you're so, like being in 12 teams, you're so far away that when the runs start, yeah. like if there's six people are all of a sudden going to start picking quarterbacks. And I know it's such a hipster thing, like twirly mustaches and berets <laughs> to, to take the weight on quarterbacks. But in those two quarterback leagues, it is no joke. You got to jump in early on the quarterback position. And last one for you here, Adam. General fantasy draft strategy. And you hit on a couple of great points there. Do you advise going running back first? Like as far as, as the, the first pick, depending where you're drafting, if one of those guys compared to a receiver? Because although we've seen last year, a couple of those tandems out of Atlanta and out of New Orleans where the two running back system did work, boy, it seems like if you get stuck without one of those, those bell cows and, and in one of those committees, it's going to be a long year at that position. Yeah, but outside of the first four picks, you're kind of rolling the dice, yeah. assuming that you know, assuming Antonio Brown is not going in the first four picks. Sure. And I just, I think a lot of times you just got to have like a, an amoeba type of uh, a philosophy of the, you got to you can have a plan, but your plan is going to go out the window once somebody takes Aaron Rodgers seventh overall, and then <laughs> it throws everything into a tizzy. So you just got to be prepared for all sorts of scenarios. So if I'm in the top four, odds are I'm taking a running back. Uh, I don't want to mess around with it. I feel like, well, at that point, because of the value, I'm going to go running back in those first four spots. But in a lot of leagues where I'm at the button, where I'm at the eighth pick or whatever it is, uh, I've been looking at receiver, receiver. Unless something goofy happens, like David Johnson falls to the eighth pick because nobody wants to draft him or whatever it is, I like going wide receiver, wide receiver. And then that it comes back around with, like, well, then I'm ending up with Alex Collins and Jordan Howard as my running backs, which is fine as long as I have, you know, if I'm starting my team with Odell Beckham Jr. and Devontae Adams, it's like I'm fine with Alex Collins. So I, I think you just need to, to go with the flow. And I think the number one thing, too, is know what your league's scoring system is. Mm-hmm. Like, make sure that, uh, you know, if your quarterbacks are rewarded with six points for passing touchdowns, that's going to be a difference. If there's no point or no negative points for interceptions, that's a huge thing. Uh, so there's a lot of a lot of moving parts. So make sure if your league's a PPR, if it's not, if you're getting a point for first down, whatever it is, just take some time, understand the rules, and uh, just be ready to go with the flow. And ultimately, I know a lot of people worry about reaching for players. Like you're not, don't, don't worry about reaching. Don't don't worry about your friends making fun of you. If you have a player that you have your heart set on, it's fine to take them. Now, I'm not saying that you draft Trey Burton in the first round. Have some knowledge <laughs> of ADP. Have some class. Sitting there. You know, but like if you're sitting there at the seventh round and his ADP is the eighth round and you're trying to get too cute, odds are you'll end up missing out. So within reason, don't be afraid of reaching. It's your team. Have fun. And I know somebody asked me the other day, they're like, can I draft Alvin Kamara first? And I'm like, of course you can. Like, I'm never going to like, he's a stud. Like, I'm not going to argue with you um, or anything like that. Or if you have the first overall pick and you don't, you can't figure out, you know, Gurley or Bell. Like, just take the dude you want to root for. They're both good. So have fun with it and, uh, you know, just, just go with the flow. Adam Rank from NFL Network, one of the best fantasy minds in the business. A must-follow on Twitter, at Adam Rank. We'll step aside and come back to wrap up the show. We'll go through our at TSN 4 Downs Twitter poll, tell you how to win some Domino's pizza and you want a share of a million bucks in prizes? A Four Downs DraftKings contest. I'll tell you about that and some injury updates too. Wrapping up TSN Four Downs next.
Back to wrap up Season 3, Episode 1 of TSN 4 Downs. I'm Andy McNamara. You're listening on TSN 1050 Toronto, TSN 1150 Hamilton. Let's swing through our show poll here. And regular season, couple weeks away. So it's time for some odds, right? You go to Vegas, you're looking around. What are some of the long shots? That's why I put it out there at TSN 4 Downs, TSN the number 4 Downs, and at AndyMC81 on Twitter. Which of these Las Vegas long shots has the best odds to win their respective NFL season scenario? The Giants win the NFC title, 20 to 1 odds. Browns win the AFC North, 8 to 1 odds. Texans win the Super Bowl, 20 to 1 odds. Or the Broncos win the AFC West at 11 to 2 odds. You know what I'm going to put my money down on, man? I'm going Giants. Because if Saquon Barkley is healthy, and you can make that offense truly two-dimensional, multi-dimensional, because you can roll Saquon out to catch the ball, run the ball. He's dynamic. Take some pressure off of Eli Manning. Improved offensive line. Still a good D. And Odell Beckham coming back. I think the Giants, to win, they just got to get in. Not even their division. We know what the Giants. You get 8-8, eight and 9-7, eight, and seven, get a wild card. That's how they do it. That's how they go and win Super Bowls. My vote goes to the Giants. Let's go behind the, the glass. Our technical producer, Arad, where, how are you voting, brother? How, what are you thinking here? I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos Ooh. to win the AFC West. It's wide open. It's wide open. They're going to get the, I think they're going to get the easiest schedule or the mm-hmm. second easiest after the Raiders. Case Keenum is going to be steady. He won't be great. He'll be steady, but he'll be better than Trevor Simeon. A hundred times better than Trevor Simeon. We are better than Trevor Simeon. Absolutely. And I think Bradley Chubb and oh. Vaughn Miller are going to be a nightmare for I love teams. Bradley Chubb. Love Bradley Chubb. So you're, Arad's going with the Broncos 11-2. Not a bad payout. Sean Lavery, our producer, how are you going here? I'm going to stick with Arad and, and vote for the Broncos Double as well Broncos. for all the reasons that he said. And also, like the Giants, I don't expect anything out of the Giants this year. The Browns aren't going to win the AFC North uh, probably for the next five years. Sorry, wow. Andy. And Deshaun Watson is a second-year quarterback. It's going to be tough for him to lead the Texans to a Super Bowl championship. Uh, and to stay year. healthy. Because you got yeah. have Deshaun healthy and you need J.J. Watt healthy. Both Which have not proven. Which has been a tough thing for, for J.J. Watt. Exactly. And all the hype around Deshaun Watson. Last year on TSN 4 Downs, I called him RG4. Hype. Showed great on the field. Can't stay healthy. If they can do it, they can make some noise. But a very small sample size. Just six or seven games. Uh, Broncos leading the way at 37% in the poll. Brown second at 29%. Then Texans at 18 Giants at 16%. You can vote at TSN 4 Downs. And remember, to win some Domino's Pizza, Season 1, Episode 1, my guys at Domino's taking care of you. To win some Domino's Pizza, after the show, I'm going to post on my Twitter, at AndyMCD1, the show link. It's going to be up there. So all you got to do to enter, follow at TSN 4 Downs, follow at AndyMCD1, and retweet my pinned tweet and you'll have a chance to win some Domino's pizza. That's going to be across Canada. So you can vote. It doesn't have to be just in Toronto or Hamilton or Ontario. Across Canada, you're listening. We can get that done. Some quick injury notes to go to. Cam Newton suffered a black eye last night. Went up and over. Scary shot. Landed on his head. The helmet came down. Hit his eye. But no concussion. Has the black eye. So he's okay. Uh, speaking of the Giants, you got Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham Jr. They were held out of last night's dress rehearsal game. Barkley practicing after suffering that mild hamstring strain. Odell being worked back from the ankle break. And big news for fantasy. If you're drafting, tight end Evan Ingram. You liked what you saw there coming into the season? Be careful. Suffered a concussion. Track that. He was sandwiched by Jets linebackers Darren Lee and Avery Williamson in the second quarter. And also Browns quarterback Tyrod Taylor injured his left pinky finger. It looked like he broke his wrist in that Thursday nighter 
Uh, but everything shows, looked like he should be okay. Injury looked much worse than uh, when he landed on it. And we'll wrap up the show with this. The customized DraftKings contest, folks. If you want to win a share of a million bucks, our buddies at DraftKings have set us up. So I tweeted out from the TSN4Downs account, at TSN4Downs, with the link. All you got to do, it's a week one NFL pick'em contest. So you pick the, every game, and if you get over half right, you are guaranteed prize money. Guaranteed. Guaranteed prize money if you get over half of them right. So I have the link there at TSN4Downs. Use the promo code ANDY, A-N-D-Y. Type that in. You get free entry. Free entry to try to win a million bucks. Thanks to our buddies at DraftKings. How do you like that? Free Domino's Pizza, fantasy football contest, and all that. What a great episode. Thank you to my guests, Adam Rank and Therese Paler from Yahoo. We'll be back next Saturday and every Saturday, 11 a.m., right here on TSN. So for producer Sean Lavery, I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to TSN 4 Downs on TSN 1050 Toronto and TSN 1150 Hamilton.